Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the live mic. My name is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I am hanging out with you this week for the first time following a Pittsburgh Steelers loss. Ladies and gentlemen, that one hurts a little bit, of course, the Washington football team, but the last couple weeks have uh, really showed some massive flaws and issues with this team, and it's exactly what they have to clean up if they want to continue this season uh, the way they started it. It's... It, there, there really isn't two ways around it. This team needs to start catching the ball better. This team needs to be a little bit more creative on offense. Clearly, they need a bigger push on the offensive line. Like The most glaring mistakes are on the offensive side of the football. It's really easy to put a lot of the blame on one man's shoulders. That being Randy Feekner, offensive coordinator. I, I think we'll touch on him in a bit in, in a minute, but... The biggest pressing need here, and something that I think has become a, a massive, massive flaw the last couple weeks, is the Steelers receivers' ability to catch the football. Now, the last couple weeks, the last two weeks to, to be uh, exact, against the Ravens and the Washington football team, is those amount of drops. And, of course, those drops totaled, I, I want to say, unofficially in the neighborhood of 14 in two games, seven in both. It was a miracle the Steelers won that first game against uh, Baltimore. Thankfully, they didn't have most of their team in the lineup. But against Washington, it really came to bite them in the butt. There were a number of brutal plays in that game that led to uh, the Steelers losing. However, none bigger than those drops. You can't really point the finger at Ben Roethlisberger on, on those two two. Uh, on those plays either. he's uh, He had one of his better games of this season. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was pinpoint accurate. He was throwing the ball into tight windows. He had an all-around good game. Factoring those drops, however, all of a sudden Ben Roethlisberger's completion numbers are, 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 are a bit askew. Sure, there's some knock pass at the line of scrimmage, and that first deep shot to start the game, was that was definitely not a good throw, but... I would not put the, sh- the blame on Ben Roethlisberger's shoulder for that game at all. He's been playing some of the best football of his career continuously. Again, the, the finger has to be pointed at these receivers and their inability to drop or to catch the football. The two most uh, most egregious uh, members of those uh, of this list is Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson, both guys that uh, seem to be boom or bust type players. Deontay Johnson's one of the most electric receivers the Steelers have, and he might, if you were to ask Coach Tomlin or Ben Roethlisberger, or really anyone in the organization, who the number one receiver might just be, I think a lot of them would say Deontay Johnson. However, the guy has a serious problem when it comes to holding on to the football. And the more that continues, the less I think Ben Roethlisberger in this offense is going to be able to trust him, especially when you can throw it to other guys that might not be as talented, but do the most important thing as a receiver, and that's catching the football. Eric Ebron, uh, we we knew he had a history of drops before he uh, was signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both both kind of uh, hamstrung him in Detroit and Indianapolis. Eric Ebron uh, really kind of struggled at points in history with just holding on to the ball. 
Uh, that hadn't been a, a big issue since he's been in Pittsburgh until the last couple weeks. It seems like once the cold weather kind of turned, Eric Ebron's ability to catch the ball has definitely fallen off. He had made some uh, outstanding plays, some nice uh, receptions, even still in the last couple weeks. However, the drop passes are mounting, and at times we saw Vance McDonald as the only tight end in the game. All of a sudden, if this continues to be to be a, a trend, it really seems like the Steelers might have to clean their tight end house uh, when it, they hit this offseason. I know that's a few weeks from now, but still, you got to remember that the, the cap is definitely going to be uh, up in the air. We don't know whether or not there's, the salary cap is going to even drop. All of a sudden, you look at your tight ends, you're like, oh, can we really afford to pay those guys? They don't catch the ball. And then all of a sudden, Eric Ebron's one-year wonder in Pittsburgh. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. But when you look at the rest of the receiving core, those two guys are some of the most high-volume target guys they have on the team, really. When you look at the other three uh, receivers that are uh, at the tops of the uh, the target list, Juju Smith-Schuster, of course, he had a big drop in the first half. I believe it was the first or second drive of the game. He had a first down, but the ball just squirted right out of his arms. He picked up the first down. He had the ball in his hands. He's going down on the ground, but he just couldn't complete the catch. That's another one of those drops. Chase Claypool, a, a number of times, the ball's bounced off his hands as well. Uh, you, you continue to look down the list. You see James Washington. He hasn't... All of a sudden, I think he's going to start getting more and more playing time the more and more Deontay Johnson struggles. The guy's made plays with the ball in his hand. The last couple weeks when Ben Roethlisberger's needed a big play, he's turned to Deontay. He's caught the ball. And... That's the name of the game, and really, if it comes down to being a playmaker, we saw what uh, James Washington did when he caught a five-yard out route. He took it 50 yards for a touchdown, and if that's what he's able to do, and like that clutch reception he had against Baltimore, all of a sudden, you're going to see James Washington play a whole lot more. If the Steelers were able to complete those passes, uh, I, I don't think it'd be a a doubt in my mind they would have won the game if they were to uh, cancel out those egregious drops. Sure, sure, some drops might happen, but when they hit you in the hands and you're not getting hit as an NFL receiver, you're you're, you're expected to catch those, if we're being honest. If, if those plays were taken out of the game, how many more first downs do the Steelers get? When you look at that target to Anthony McFarlane Jr. on fourth and one when it was in the fourth quarter... Sure, they, like it wasn't the, the most ideal route or the most uh, perfect place ball, but it, it wasn't. It was in a catchable position. The ball still hit him in the hands without being touched by the defensive player John Bostic, who was quite frankly out of position. If all those passes are caught, the Steelers win that game walking away, and they probably would have blown out Baltimore the week before if they were able to catch all those passes. The amount of times the Steelers dropped a pass in the end zone, it was outstanding <laughs> the amount of times that that continuously happened. So when you look at this receiving core and you look at the, the back half of the season, you see Josh Allen on the Bills, the Steelers' next opponent, going absolutely off. So uh, instantly that's concerning. The Steelers very quickly could find themselves out of that first round bye and very quickly could find themselves uh, have, having the Cleveland Browns breathing down their neck for the division lead. It, it all is very possible for a team that started 11-0. and And if the Steelers don't want to be passed and somehow be the only team in NFL history that won 11 straight games to start the year to not win their division, what they're going to have to do is hold on to the football more so than developing a running game, in my opinion, as as strange as that sounds, 
The Steelers have continuously shown they can win games without developing any sort of a run game. And that's what's happened week in, week out, essentially. They've had to throw to win the game, and they've been able to do that 11 times this year. It's As soon as they get in the drop problems like they did against Washington is when they start to lose games. And now with some more uh, big-time opponents coming up on the schedule and some games they absolutely need to win if they want that bye week because Lord knows this team desperately needs rest. It's, it's been four months without a week off for those guys, and you can see it. They're getting they're getting injured and dropping like flies. This team needs that, that bye week. Don't get it twisted. They absolutely need to uh, earn that bye week in the AFC before playoff time. If the Steelers aren't able to uh, t- to do that, it's going to be on the shoulders of the Steelers' ability to catch the football. Time in and time again, the Steelers uh, have been able to win games. But as soon as the weather turned, it, it used to be something that teams feared coming into Pittsburgh because they're so good playing in the cold. Now all of a sudden, we find them in a position where they're absolutely not in a good spot with the weather turning. They got these receivers that somehow aren't aren't playing in the passes. They're getting open. They're getting their hands on the ball. Ben's putting it in the right place, but it's not being caught. If the Steelers continue to do that, if they drop seven passes a game from here on out, I think they might just win maybe one more game. To be honest with you, like I think they could beat Cincinnati, but that's because they're... They have some serious issues having lost their starting quarterback and not having a whole lot else. Outside of that, who could they possibly beat? I don't think they beat Buffalo with seven drops. Indianapolis is a great defense. you got to take advantage of that team when you do start to move the football. You continue moving down the list. Cleveland, they're playing really well right now. I know the Steelers... Uh, absolutely blew the barn doors off them the last time they played, but if they're not catching passes in Cleveland Week 17, if that's for the, the AFC North, my goodness, all, all of a sudden, the Steelers, uh, undefeated perfect season and a road to a Super Bowl. Sure, there's a lot of doom and gloom right now, but you can understand why. This, this team can't run the ball, so they have to turn their receivers, and their receivers all of a sudden started dropping passes. It's one of those things, uh, there's still a number of receivers that have some chemistry with Ben. It's not like they're all new, but they're not able to hang on to the football. If this trend continues, the Pittsburgh Steelers could quickly find themselves out of the top spot in the AFC. And it could be as quick as next week. All of a sudden, they go from the first seed to the second seed. And then who knows after that? All of a sudden, they're going into Cincinnati, uh, having lost two games in a row. And if they have an absolute stinker again, and the Browns continue to win, it's possible two weeks from now, the Steelers aren't even first place in the AFC North. That is a legitimate possibility. That's how important the next two games are for this team. That's the difference between ending somehow ending up a wild card team which is still in the realm of possibility, even though this team could have clinched the AFC North this week, all of a sudden, it is far from over. Far from over. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to start winning some games, and they're going to have to start winning them fast. And the only way they're going to do that is if they clean up some of these egregious mistakes. And the top of that list is catching the football. We are going to move into part two of the live mic here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Randy Feekner and that running game that has also uh, kind of uh, kind of been uh, 
completely non-existent, even without James Conner and Marquise Pouncey not in the fold. It, it's it's been as bad as it as it ever has been, to be completely honest. So stay tuned. We're going to jump into a quick commercial break, and we will be right back to you. second half of the live mic once again my name is michael beck deputy editor of behind the steel curtain.com bringing it to you once again uh, of course i think we're all sad the pittsburgh steelers uh, undefeated streak to start the season is over the miami dolphins of uh, 1972 are popping their champagne as they always do uh it's a it's a bitter pill to swallow, but if the Steelers were to lose just one game all year, it's best that it was the Washington football team. They still keep their lead in the AFC. Uh, losing against any AFC opponent, however, would have uh, given Kansas City the, the top spot. So if the Steelers were to have lost any game over this back uh, back little stretch of the season. That was the one to do it. So hopefully now the pressure is finally off this team's back and they can just go on to play good football. And one of the things that elite teams do and they're able to do well is establish the run. And to be honest, it, it is kind of hard to judge this team in the last two weeks uh, and their ability to move the football on the ground because, of course, James Conner wasn't in the lineup, neither was Marquise Pouncey. Uh, and really, when you look at it, it's it's extremely frustrating. Uh, the Steelers basically rarely run the run any plays out of uh, uh, with Ben Roethlisberger under center. And there really is no existence of any sort of power running game or uh, kind of anything involving some sort of lead blocker or anything really along those lines. The team's running a lot of zone reads. And for whatever reason, the, the guards and tackles and centers are all getting blown back with absolutely no lanes whatsoever. And as someone who's obviously not in that building, it, it's kind of hard to point the finger at one certain thing as to why that is so unsuccessful. But as we sit here, it is. And one of the people I think a lot of Steelers fans want to point at for uh, its failures is one Randy Fichtner, offensive coordinator, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's good buddy, I suppose you might say, uh, the, the man in charge of running the offense. And all of a sudden, Steelers fans have uh, not had the best relationship, we should say, with Randy Fichtner over the years, of course. And that uh, I think that might have uh, hit all-time highs after that Washington loss. No matter the Steelers being uh, 11-0, their offense is still in the bottom third of the league in most statistical categories. It it has not been a particularly good year for the offense. Sure, the offensive line's uh, another year older. There has been a bit of a retool. Of course, Zach Banner towards ACL, Marquise Pouncey, and David DeCastro have missed some time. However, this unit has been uh, collectively together for a number of weeks, and they should have some sort of chemistry and uh, play to a certain level that you'd kind of expect the names on this offensive line to play at. But here we are 
talking about uh, some all pro pro bowl type guys getting blown off the line and and just being flat out bad in the run game the, the team's been really good in the past Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been sacked in months really that's what that's come down to but on the other side the Steelers aren't able to run the ball whatsoever and when you look at taking a step back and you look at Randy Feekner and, and you look at some of the play design and some of the play call and some of it, it just screams predictability and, and teams almost knowing what the Steelers are going to run before they even run it. You, you can almost tell by the way they line up that, okay, this is going to be a run play. Uh, and it, it oh, there it is. It, it's a loss of two. It, it's, oh, it's third and 15. Oh, I bet it's going to be a draw. Oh, it's a draw. And we lost two yards again. It seems to be like a consistent thing. And th- there hasn't been like those, those big time splash plays or... Ben Roethlisberger basically doesn't look at, at the seams or at really any routes up the middle of the field that are uh, more than like eight yards. If you notice, Ben Roethlisberger only throws around the numbers and out and within eight yards of the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. That, that's really what it's kind of been this year with a few exceptions. But it, 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 at some point, you kind of have to point the finger at uh, at the play design uh, because I don't think this is something that's execution. You look at the offense, you look at how Ben Roethlisberger's been able to distribute the ball really at will. And for whatever reason, they're, they're still unsuccessful. Uh, there's play calls that are, are designed to pick up like five yards when it's third and ten. It's, it's really interesting to see how this team's kind of calling plays. And maybe frustrating would be a better word. It, it doesn't make sense at times. I'm not sure if it ever really will feel like it does make any sense for this team. But here we are, week 13, and the offense seems like it's regressed to a point where the defense has to play like they did in 2019 if they want to win games. they got to hold the opponent to under 14 points. And sure, that's great when you have a great defense, but when you look at the Steelers right now, their two top corners are injured. We don't know how long Hayden and Nelson are going to be out for. Lost Bud Dupree for the year. Devin Bush is done for the year. Who knows, at this point of recording, who knows how long Robert Spillane's going to be gone for with his knee injury. All of a sudden, the Steelers are, are ravaged by injury. And it, to, to say this defense is going to hold every single opponent to under 14 points, that would be a very lofty goal. Unless some guys start getting healthy here. Sure, they are pretty deep, but they're still not the starters that we're used to on this unit. So all of a sudden, the offense has got to start scoring and putting the ball in the end zone more. But as the weeks have gone on, it seems like the offense is doing that less and less and less. And some of it definitely is. At points, I wonder if this team is trying its hardest to defend Ben and not make him take any hits to a degree where they are choosing to throw out half their playbook just to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And if that's what they're doing, that really is a mistake. And if Ben is so uncomfortable with getting hit, I don't want to say it's time to move on from Ben, but at a certain point, it still is football. If that's why the playbook seems so limited and why the plays just kind of seem boring and flat and nothing really seems like it's sparking any sort of energy then it might be time to have a conversation with Ben and say, listen, this is football, bud. <laughs> you're going to have to take some hits and you're going to have to hold on to the ball a, a, little, a little bit longer. And that might equate to a sack or two a game, but still, this team is still just missing. 
and, and it seems like it's just so close each and every week. It, it seems like it's either the drops or mistime routes or running backs overrunning the hole. It, like it, it's just a combination of so many things. Like a missed block from the tight end. It's it just continuously week in, week out. They're missing something, and. Of course, going back to what we talked about in the first part, this week was obviously those drops, and maybe that has a lot to do with why it appears the offense has been so bad, and obviously it does. You don't drop seven passes, uh, that muff muffed snap from uh, Hofstetter or JC, I can't even remember his name, the starting center in, uh, in place of Marquis Pouncey. This offense has just been missing so much. Like, like there's, they're just like a play or like an inch away at times. It really feels like, but continuously they are failing. And when it comes to this team and their future, they're going to have to start kind of making those plays, uh, finding a way to uh, move the ball, pick up those first downs, and uh, avoid. Like right now, it seems like they're only successful if they're trying to take a deep shot uh, if they're running those under routes or perhaps a slant there really doesn't seem like there's too much in this arsenal right now especially with these drops it, it, it's it's hard to expect Deontay Johnson to catch something over the middle or expect Juju Smith-Schuster to catch something 30 yards up the seam the Steelers really only have like a handful of plays. It really feels like each receiver is only given about like three or four routes that they run throughout an entire game. It seems like Claypool is kind of like the run straight downfield guy or, or run a comeback. Juju Smith-Schuster's run a slant guy or uh, run a dig. Eric Ebron's uh, run some sort of slant or an over. Or he, I, I, th- I guess he also has a corner route in his uh, repertoire. James Washington, I, I mean, he might run a dig route and, and a go, but outside of that, that really seems like to be it for him. Like, you run down this entire receiving core, and how many times do they, do they basically just do the same thing every single play? And this team's expecting something different. Like, is that not the definition of insanity? And does that fall on the shoulders of Randy Feekner, or is that Ben Roethlisberger trying to completely take over the playbook, or is that just the receivers being limited? All of a sudden, there's all these issues with the Steelers' offense, and if they want to win a Super Bowl, they got to get it cleaned up. Uh, I'm not saying that they need to play perfect offensively every single drive and score a touchdown every single drive. Sure, it'd be nice, but right now, I think they just got to worry on picking up first downs consistently on every drive, Going because they go three and out far too much, and they go three and out in some really bad situations. So they need to win those third down type plays. They need to pick up first downs. And they need to be a little bit more creative. So it's going to be an interesting back half to this season. Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason, too, to, if these guys can't figure out uh, their hands. All of a sudden, guys become expendable. Guys become cuttable. <laughs> Coaches become fireable. And you know exactly who I'm talking about in this situation. So as I sit here right now... All this doom and gloom. The Steelers are still 11-1. and one. Their, their destiny is in the palm of their hands. And really, this season can completely snap back around by knocking off the Buffalo Bills. It's just something they have to do. Uh, if the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl, I think they really have to beat this game against Buffalo. Otherwise, they're taking an extremely tough road. We'll see how that uh, all shapes up as the, as the year goes on here. But as we... Uh, 
rapidly approach the end of this podcast. I, I want to make sure that you're all clicking onto BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. All the great analysis breakdown. It, just all the stuff going on with the website. There's going to be a whole lot of uh, chatter on this game, why the Steelers lost, what the Steelers have to correct moving forward. So make sure you're clicking over to that uh, and make sure you're listening to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. Um, there's tons of great content coming at you each and every day here. Uh, a great lineup of, uh, of hosts that uh, just love talking Steelers football and uh, are really going to get into this loss quite well, I'm sure of. And it will be exciting to start previewing the game against the Buffalo Bills. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for listening. Um, you're listening to the live mic from behind the steel curtain. We will catch you guys next week, and hopefully we will be talking about a win. We'll see you next time, Steelers fans.